So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. And welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome back to Brian's Rumpod. Today we're going to be covering energy systems for running. Running is simple. Um, we just put one foot in front of the other and allow it to happen naturally. That is how we start. But once we get into running a little more, we want to learn more about how to improve our speed by increasing our step frequency and step length. We want to know which foods will give us the most energy in our runs. And we want to understand which energy systems we use in a 400 meter sprint or longer. There are so many questions and there's so much to learn about running. And if you want to be the best running you can be, these are the areas you probably want to start paying attention to. I hope I've gone some way to answer them in this podcast. And let's explain the psych, like the, the physiology of the energy metabolism during different levels of exercise. If you need the aerobic energy system explained, you are in the right place. Today, we're going to break down the three energy systems down so you can learn how you have the energy to sprint as fast as you can, how the anaerobic energy system works, and what the energy aerobic energy system is. So why do we need to know about energy metabolism? Knowing the predominant energy system you're using during the workouts will help you determine your recovery needs for nutrition and rest. Energy is stored in in the body in various forms of carbohydrates, fats and proteins, as well as the molecular creatine phosphate. Carbohydrate and fat are the primary sources of energy, with protein contributing to a minimal amount under normal conditions. Now, do stick with me because I know I'm going to be sort of throwing a lot of um, sort of scientific terms, but um, I will put links in the show notes so you can always go over them, over them again or even just listen to the podcast a few times. So adenosine triphosphate, um, I had to Google that <laughs> two words uh, to know, find out as to how to pronounce it. So adenosine triophosphate is the body's usable form of energy and the body uses three different systems of metabolism to transfer, transfer stored energy to form ATP. So what are the three energy systems? The phosphagen system of energy transfer does not require oxygen so it's what's called anaerobic you may have heard of that and is called upon when there is a sudden increase in energy demand such as starting a workout such as starting explosive hill sprints or throwing a discus or the power needed to push a bobsleigh it is the most direct and quickest form of energy production but can only supply enough energy for a short burst intense activity like the maximum weight lift for a five second second sprint this system relies on the availability of creatine phosphate which is in limited supply as depleted quickly i do remember when i was working as a gym instructor 
uh, about 20 years or more ago, more ago, that the rugby players um, who used to train at the gym would take creatine powder as um, as the game is very much dependent on immediate power. So when creatine uh, phosphate is used up, the body must call upon other energy, other systems of energy transfer to sustain continued activity. Now, glycosis, the anaerobic system, another system that does not require oxygen is glycosis, is also known as the lactate system. This system provides enough ATP to fuel one to three minutes of intense activity when adequate oxygen isn't available for aerobic metabolism. So please do stick with me. The lactate or lactic acid is something that most runners have heard of and may even fear because of its connection with sore muscles and fatigue. Hopefully the following explanation of glycosis will help you picture what is going on. Glucose is the only fuel that can be used during glycosis, which literally means the breakdown of glucose. This breakdown creates ATP as glucose is converted into two molecules of pyruvate. Uh, Still with me? Um, So hydrogen is also produced during the process, and if oxygen is present, the aerobic system, explained next, can be used to use hydrogen and pyruvate to produce more ATP. However, oftentimes the aerobic system can't keep up with the excess of hydrogen being produced, so instead the hydrogen combines with pyruvate to form lactic acid. Right, now lactic acid then enters the bloodstream and is cleared by the liver. The point at which the production of lactic acid is faster than the lactic clearance by the liver is called lactate threshold and also referred to as the anaerobic threshold when lactic acid begins to accumulate in the blood. Now we have talked about uh, lactate uh, threshold or lactate threshold training in previous episodes so you can always go back to those ones Um, but I will kind of touch on it briefly. Um, Now the increased acidity of the blood inhibits the use of fatty acids for energy production though aerobic metabolism and thus increases the body's reliance on carbohydrate and glycolysis. As body lactate levels continue to rise and the carbohydrate stores become depleted, the muscles begin to fatigue and performance is diminished. We can increase our lactate threshold through adaptations made during proper endurance training. I'll say though that One of these adaptations is the increasing the efficiency of the aerobic system. Now, let's move on to the aerobic system. The aerobic system can use carbohydrates, fats or proteins to produce energy. Energy production is slower, but more efficient than the other two systems. As uh, you can tell by the name, the aerobic system requires that there be adequate energy, oxygen, available to the working muscles. Therefore, this system is used more heavily during low-intensity activity, but actually most of our races, even at a 5K, mostly use the um, uh, the aerobic system at 5K or above. So one key highlight of the aerobic metabolism is the ability to burn fat as fuel. 
Our bodies have a seemingly unlimited capacity of storing fat, and fat provides over twice as much energy per gram than protein or carbohydrate, making it a very attractive choice of energy production. In prolonged activities, where intensity is low, the body will use fat as the main energy source and spare the use of muscle glycogen and blood glucose so that it's available for use if energy intensity increases and oxygen availability is decreased. Now, that doesn't mean that suddenly you're doing low-intensity exercise and suddenly a shed of weight has just got to fall off you. It's just that you just got to think that fat is a fat and carbohydrates are forms of fuel for your energy system. So um, if you want to lose weight, um, it is just a a very simple calculation of expending more energy than you're taking in. Um, And obviously, um, no doubt there'll be loads of other podcasts um, and maybe something that we may cover in um, future uh, podcasts about, about, you know, different motivations as to why people may go, may go running. All the, so, so what is basically the bottom line, just like the aerobic system isn't exclusively exclusive to one substrate, um, Energy metabolism, energy metabolism isn't exclusive to one system. All three systems are working simultaneously to fuel the body during exercise. Remember this. However, certain characteristics such as exercise duration and intensity will determine the predominant system and thus how long the activity can be performed at that level. Other factors that influence that what substrates and systems are being used include the fuels that are available, the fitness level of the athlete and the nutritional status of the athlete as well. These factors may change over time and through training, just like overall nutrition, energy metabolism is very individualized and dynamic. Now, how does this relate to heart rate? Now, I know we have talked about heart rate and previous previous episodes now but i just thought i'd maybe try and tie this with the energy systems because when we're training we kind of need some kind of indicator as to what kind of energy systems we're sort of tapping into so the aerobic system as i've said um the aerobic system is your heart rate zones which may be between one and two so 50 to 70 percent of your maximum heart rate it uses fats to create energy and is a slow system but it doesn't create lactic acid so you can stay there for a long time so really efficient and ultra fast runners marathon runners are really efficient at using their body fats so and um and as such they can run that distance uh that particular distance um for uh, a a very efficient way and very quickly um but obviously it takes years and years of training to be to 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 do that so um, when the training using the system, the body needs energy faster, so it uses carbs. 
the way the body uses carbs to create energy is much faster. The problem is that when your body uses carbs to create energy, it causes a byproduct called lactic acid to form, uh, to form the lactic acid threshold system. The body can clear this byproduct as fast as it's, it's made. Um, and you think of, let's say, a tempo running. So as we've talked about just before, um, you know, it's because if you're going faster, then you've got to go into that using the carbohydrates and you're producing lactic acid. But if you are producing more lactic acid than it is being able to clear, then you're going through that lactic threshold. Uh, but So um, now the anaerobic system, the anaerobic system is your heart rate zones at 4 to 5, 80 to 90% of your maximum heart rate. And it primarily uses carbs for high-intensity running, so the energy is needed quickly. So the body uses carbs so fast that it can't clear the lactic acid, as we said before, fast enough, and the body goes fast, but only for a short period before it needs to slow down to clear the lactic acid. And this is used for speed training, such as interval training. Generally, you're in one of those three zones during a run, but these systems are more of a continuum than specific categories. As you run faster and faster, the amount of fat to carbs you use for energy will gradually change as you move through each category. This is a simplified version of, of how the body uses energy. Now, normal heart rate for running, when it comes to your heart rate, there is no normal. Each person is different, and on any given day, the heart rate when running can be affected by various influences as detailed below. So let's say, for instance, no matter what exercise you do, you could always target your workout to be between 50 to 85% of your maximum heart rate. So when you do begin to run and you aim for an easy run in zones one to two to work on your aerobic fitness level, as you gain experience, um, you, you may aim for the heart rate zone of three and your running heart rate should stay between 70 to 80%. And if your heart rate doesn't reach that percentage of your maximum heart rate, you're training more of your aerobic system and your heart rate goes above this range, you're training more of your anaerobic system. Um, so just simply is that the higher your heart rate, then you, you are potentially going to that anaerobic system. It's important to remember when you first try running in zone three, you will need to ensure you take enough rest for each run and how much rest will, will, will vary depending on each person. The better trained at running at that lactate threshold heart rate an athlete is, the less they'll need in terms of rest. So um, it's quite straightforward that basically that if the higher in the intensity then you are going to need rest to recover from the runs that you've done. If you decide that the goal of the workout is to train the anaerobic system, you will want to get your heart rate running at, as I said, 80 to 95% zones, 4 to 5, and this will require more rest if you want to keep the pace to pace of each interval the same. So factors that might be affect your heart rate when running will age, um, weight, fitness level, 
uh, and, and obviously family and family history. As I may have said before, the factors affecting your heart rate on a daily basis, like heat, hydration, caffeine, altitude, energy levels, rest, stress, anxiety, medical conditions, medical conditions, and some medications. So it's important to remember that sometimes your heart rate will be higher, even though you feel fine. However, ensuring that you're adequately hydrated and you fuel your body effectively for your runs is always essential. If you're ever concerned about how high your heart rate is, try these tips if you can begin to feel dizzy or or out of breath. So um, what if I don't have a heart rate monitor? Using a heart rate monitor is the most effective way to instantly knowing what is happening when your heart rate when, when running. However, if you're running data free, you can use other physical markers to estimate which system you're, you're training. There is, like, say, a talking test. If you can talk in full sentences, you're probably in the aerobic zone. If you can say only four or five words, you're probably in the lactate threshold zone. And if you can only say one or two words at a time, you're probably in the anaerobic zone. While there's no scientific basis behind this method, it's a solid rule of thumb. If you've headed out on a run without your heart rate monitor, watch. But as we have seen above, best not to forget it. Anyway, in summary... During running, the body uses all three energy systems to varying degrees, depending on the intensity and duration of the exercise. At the start of a race, the phosphogen system is primarily used, but as the race progresses, the, glyclo- the glycolytic and aerobic systems become more important. Training can help to improve the energy efficiency of, energy efficiency of all three systems allowing you to run faster and longer with less fatigue. We've also seen how this can be tied into heart rate monitoring. Monitoring Plus, we have also seen how each person is different with regards to the heart rate. Also, when we are training, sometimes our heart is affected by different factors. Something that I didn't cover is that our heart rate could tell you not to train. Or it may be telling you that you may be your overtraining, which is easily done. If you're overtraining, you may notice that your resting heart rate is maybe 10 to 15 beats higher than usual. And you'll find that this is uh, the case if your body is fighting off the early stage uh, stages of an illness. And you'll think you'll just get the feeling there may be other indicators that you're just feeling very tired a bit sluggish and you're not don't feel motivated in going out um, for that particular run so and as i said before and as i may not have made it clear is that uh, as i said so it's it's important to remember that sometimes your heart rate will be higher even though you're feeling fine. However, ensuring that you are adequately hydrated and fuel your body effectively for your runs is always essential. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, it's it's important that you uh, look after yourself, eat well, rest, and therefore um, you will 
just a, a general well-being and it means um, this will translate itself into your particular heart rate. Sorry if this kind of seemed quite scientific heavy. Maybe it's a subject that we may visit in future episodes to try and break it down and to try and simplify it a little bit. But I thought this would be a few just to tie in and maybe some of the sub other subjects that we've covered, like heart rate training and also training per se, um, uh, as to the science in terms of the, using the, the different energy systems when we're going out for a run. You can always go over the rep, uh, episodes, but as I said, I have included quite a few links in the show notes um, which you can read over and maybe get a little bit more understanding. Now, I have may have mentioned before that I have done a, a lactate a threshold test, and usually uh, whoever's doing the lactate threshold test, be it a, maybe a gym instructor or someone in a lab, could help give you a bit more of uh, an idea as to how that ties in with the different energy systems, uh, be it um, for your particular training. So, you know, the anaerobic training, the aerobic training, you know, how can I use um, the knowledge that I've gained through, you know, you can ask them, how, how can I use that knowledge um, to help uh, tailor the right training for um, the races that I may be, may be having coming up? Anyway, a um, little bit of a sort of knowledge there for you. Um, knowledge is power, as they said. And um, I hope uh, this is... Uh, uh, something that um, you'll appreciate and uh, maybe we might come back to it at, uh, in future episodes. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running and next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube, so whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website www.brianesrompod.co.uk and there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 